everyone, my name is Reagan. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, with your host, Sarah Carnes. She's my mom. She's on the radio and TV and loves the Cleveland Browns. But one of her favorite things is connecting with you. She wants to help you live a healthy, happy life. I don't know how she does it. She even got me to love carrots and eat broccoli. Thanks for listening. Here's something different for you to try today. Let's start things off with a challenge. Okay, so I have always loved the verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. And gosh, there's so much going on in our world right now. I don't know about you, but I can't hear any more of it sometimes on the news, on Facebook, um, b- between what's going on over in Afghanistan and Haiti to vaccines and masks. It all gets to be too much. And my stress level has been really, really, really high. So I'm finding ways to de-stress. And like I said, I've always loved First Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. So let's maybe all do this challenge today before we dive into the podcast or take it with you and think about it later. But the verse says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It doesn't dishonor others, et cetera. You've probably heard the the verses at weddings. I think I even had it read at my wedding. Um, But here's the thing to do. Strive to be able to put your name where love is. So for example, mine would be Sarah is patient. Sarah is kind. Sarah does not envy, does not boast. She does not dishonor others. She is not self-seeking. She's not easily angered. Just take it through those verses today, tonight, whenever you can, and maybe just let it sink in. It was an exercise that I did that kind of really helped me. And like I said, we all need to find ways to de-stress and kind of just put down our phones, just listen to some good good information, some good news. And that's what the episode is today. Pastor Lou Giglio, Don't Let the Enemy Have a Seat at Your Table. Such a good book. This is actually an interview that Len and I did together um, about a month or so ago. And it was so good. I wanted to share it on here as well. It was so weird. You know, things just happen, meant to be. Someone was talking to me not that long ago, and I was really upset about something that was going on in my life and a door that was going to be closed because I wasn't willing to, you know, bend my beliefs and what I believed in. And so I was like, this door is closing. And I was like, kind of upset about it. And the person on the phone said, don't let the enemy have a seat at the table. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm reading that book. How did you know? And it was just something that was stuck with me. So it's a, a, a great book, especially with all that's going on and the news wanting to hijack our thoughts and our feelings. Um, Pastor Lou Giglio, I hope you love the interview. You can find out all the details in the show notes. Have something for you that I think you will love. You know, I'm always reading new books and telling you what I what I love. And I have just read Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table, Pastor Louis Giglio. And he's here with us today. So I want you to know about the book, number one, and then to hear from Pastor 
Louis Giglio himself. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and I just want to say for everyone who doesn't know, you've written dozens of books and you're fantastic. You're the pastor of Pas- Passion City Church. You're down in Atlanta, Georgia and uh, author, national speaker. We've heard you before. You're just fantastic. So thank you for spending some time with us. I couldn't be happier than to be on with you guys today. So thanks for the invite. It means a lot. Okay. So I, I do read a lot. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. um, I feel like this is such a timely book in our world right now. It was one of those, as soon as I picked it up, I'm like, oh, there's so many good nuggets that I want to share with our listeners um, for a variety of things. But I feel like there's so much tension in the world. We're all triggered for a variety of different reasons, whether it's social media or if people say the wrong things. Why did you write the book? And does it have anything to do with what's going on in our world right now? Well, you know, it actually has a lot to do with what's going on in our world right now. I wrote the book before all the crazy happened. But um, all of us are struggling to find peace of mind. I think peace of mind is the most sought-after commodity on planet Earth right now. I mean, peace between our neighbors, peace in our cities, peace of mind. And it all begins with the peace of heart. And that's what, you know, Jesus promises us. He doesn't say life's going to be easy, Mm -hmm. but he does offer to give us peace. And so for me, this book came out of a tumultuous time of life a few years back. And I'd been through a hard season. Some things have been said and done and Finally, now, a few months later, something happened and I got vindicated in a little bitty tiny deal. We're not talking about some grand thing here. We're talking about this little thing, but I was so excited about it. I'm sorry to admit that, but it's true. And I texted a friend who'd walked through this situation with me. And I said, you, I've had everybody listening send a message like this. Uh, You're not going to believe what I just heard. You're not going to believe what happened today. And I sent the text. I really just wanted commiseration. And my friend loved me enough and was so sharp. They sent me back a nine-word text. And it said, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Mm. And I was like, wow. It was arresting, guys. I was like, what have I been doing for the last five months, four months? I've, I've been entertaining all these crazy ideas, having all this fear and anxiety and consternation, having all these imaginary conversations with people trying to manage this situation the whole time. It's just been my adversary sitting at my table. Mm. And I decided that day at the top of my driveway, I'm taking my table back in Jesus name. And so that lesson really did change my life five, six years ago, but I've needed that lesson every week in the last 18 months. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a mic drop moment to yeah, sure constantly is. remind us that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're talking about our enemy not having a seat at our table. You know, I think we all face temptations in the world around us, but I've always felt like the greatest challenge we face is that we have to live with ourselves. You know, at the end of the day, we can't escape our own minds and our own thoughts, you know. Well, I mean, you hit it on the head, man. I'm telling you, I always say to people, you know, you can... You can change location, you can change jobs, you can move across the country, but the one thing you can't do is get away from yourself. And most of our struggles that we're having are right in here and right in here. And if we can come to terms with what God says is true about us 
and what he says is true about our circumstances, then we can find peace. And I know for a lot of us, the stress we're having isn't so much with that other person. It's with, do I really believe that I matter to God? Do I really believe that I have worth to God? And do I believe that I have the grace of God and I have a new start with God and that I don't have to live trapped in the failure of my past, but I can step forward into a new day with God and start all over again today. And if we don't believe that, it's because we're not listening to our shepherd who's sitting at the table with us, but it's because we've also allowed the enemy to cozy up next to us, get into our little pity party and weasel his way into the conversation but he's not there to make us feel better. He's there to tear everything down at the end of the day. Yeah, it's so true. And I feel like when we, when we try to do things on our own instead of letting God lead us, which is what ultimately we should be doing, I love how you've really given me a fresh perspective again on Psalm 23. And so, you know, it was one of those, it's been a while since I've really thought about it. And reading this book and hearing you, I was like, wow. And then all oh, you even wrote about it in the book, but I'm like rapping <laughs> Gangster's Paradise in my mind because of the Psalm 23. And I, I think that's so true for me and maybe other people where we don't let God lead us. And then you go into specifically talking about how when God refers to us as sheep, it's a reflection of how we're wired, but that's not really a compliment. Can you kind of talk to all of that and him leading us and, and why we should be led? Yeah, you know, the Lord is my shepherd is not a, an affirmation of how smart I am because a sheep by nature is uh, unstable. They, they have no defensive mechanisms. They don't see good. They are um, prone to get stuck in a thicket. They, if you want to get real granular and we want to really you know, gross out everyone listening, they, they'll have bugs crawl up in their nose, no, have their eggs and hatch other bugs inside their, their nose. And so that's why a shepherd would anoint a sheep's head with oil to keep all the bugs from crawling up its nose. And so these aren't grandma themes that we're talking about. You know, I use that phrase all the time. But when I think Psalm 23, a lot of times I go to the cross stitch in my grandma's house. Yeah. Um, not that my grandma had one, but it, she would have, you know, she could have. And this is a gutty, gritty, real life psalm. And it's a promise from God saying, you don't see that great. You're not that steady. You don't always make the best decisions. Um, you're prone to stick your head in rushing water, not still water. And if you do, your wool's going to get wet and pull you in and you're going to be down in a rapid somewhere. Yeah. But if you'll let me check this out, I'll make you lie down in green pasture. I'll lead you beside still water. I'll restore your soul. I'll guide you. I'll be with you in the valley. My rod and staff will comfort you. I'll prepare a table no matter how bad the situation. I'll anoint your head with oil. Your cup will overflow. And surely goodness and love will follow you every day. And at the end of it all, you'll get to come and live in my house forever. Would you like to be led, guided, restored, protected, provided for? Because I can do it. Yeah. What a promise. And he's inviting every one of us into that promise every day. But we have to admit, I need a shepherd. Yes. And yes I love that. That yeah. visual. I yeah. will forever keep thinking about the sheep 
in the rushing waters. No, he leaves us to still waters. I'm like, why am I always sticking my head in the rushing waters? (laughs) You know, this Psalm says the very first thing he says is I'm going to make you do something. And a lot of people bail right there because they're like, no, 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 nobody makes me do anything, bro. I am the captain of my own ship and I call the shots around here. But what is he making us do for crying out loud? He's making us lie down in a green pasture. You know why? Because I know I don't have the good sense on my own half the time to even know where a green pasture is to lie down in. If I'm left to me running my life and being my shepherd, I'm going to run myself ragged. I'm going to have a breakdown at some point because I don't even know when to pull the plug and to lie down in the green pasture. So he's looking out for us. He loves us. He'll protect us, provide for us. But we have to choose to let him be our yeah. shepherd. Uh, that's very, very, very beautiful. And uh, worth the read just to get into the details of Psalm 23 and that promise. It, it really is so beautiful. There's something interesting in the book. I find it really interesting is chapter seven, because I think I could look at it a couple of ways. It's something that's exciting because you think, is this possible to do this? But I think some people might even be afraid to read that chapter because they have tried so many times to do what the title of the chapter says, and that is take every thought captive. It sounds wonderful, but it almost sounds like something that we'd be afraid to read because it seems impossible. So talk about that. Yeah, especially if you've interviewed a uh, neuroscientist recently like I have, and she said, we have 9,000 thoughts a day. (laughs) And I was like, oh, wow. Take them all captives. It just got a little more impossible, right? Yeah. But what God is saying is don't capitulate to the story of defeat. And I think this is where a lot of times we live and somebody will say, well, yeah, I'm a worrier, but you know, my mom was a worrier and her mom was a worrier. And you know, we we're just a worrying family. That's just kind of the way we've always been. And God's like, uh, I'm not worrying and I'm your father and you're in a new family. And in heaven, guess what? We don't worry in heaven. We're not worrying on this throne. We are ruling on this throne. And so if you're the son of a king or daughter of a king, why are you worrying when the king's not worrying? So what he's asking us to do is start by waking up to who we are and who is at the table with us. The great I am is sitting at the table with us today. And so when he says take every thought captive, he's not really trying to give us like some big giant assignment for the day. It's really more of a shift of the way we see life and the way we see ourselves. And, you know, when a thought comes into our mind, we can't control that. I I don't know where that temptation dropped in from, that thought, that fear, that doubt, that worry, that anger, that selfishness. I mean, it, it pops in to our minds from our flesh, from ourselves, from the enemy, But what I can do is decide how long it gets to stay there. Mm -hmm. And so you have to ask a question. Okay, there's fear just came in. There's bitterness just dropped in. There's selfishness just dropped in. I have to ask a question. Where did it come from? Where did you come from? Do you match the will of God, the ways of God, the heart of God, the character of God? And most importantly, do you match the word of God? Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you have to go. And the way you go is not by me telling you to go. The way you go is by me saying, in Jesus' name, you don't get to sit here. And here's the thought that Mm -hmm. does get to sit here. 
And a great example, super fast. Um, the enemy comes, tells me, hey, you're not going to make it through this season. You're not going to make it through this. Now, I'm listening to him because I just told you that over coffee this morning when you said, how you doing? I said, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Where did I hear that? Not from my shepherd. I must have heard that from my enemy. He must be at my table. So I shift gears over here and I go, let's think about it for a moment. I love this. The only way the enemy can lie to me and tell me I'm not going to make it through today is because I made it through every day. He told me I'm not going to make it through. Mm, How great is that? I have a new narrative now. How are you doing? Uh, It's hard, but I'm going to make it. How do you know you're going to make it? Because I've made it through every single situation I've ever been through. God has brought me through. That's my new story. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview today with Pastor Giglio. He is down in Atlanta. You can follow him on social media, though. Watch some of his sermons online. He's just fantastic. It's don't give the enemy a seat at your table. It was such a good book. I think you will love it. And you can get it wherever books are sold. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can give it a like or rating on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps greatly. Thank you so much for listening.